0: If you have your Bible, please turn to John chapter 14. John chapter 14, and this passage is, is really awesome. A lot of you have read it time after time after time. There's just, any anytime you go to Scripture, there's just great nuggets that are all pointed to Jesus. And so this morning, we'll uh, take a look at him. And the interesting thing about this conversation that's going on with Jesus, it's going on with his closest followers, his disciples. They're sitting at a very intimate holiday meal, the Passover, He's going to share with him his body and his blood through the Lord's Supper, uh, the last supper, I've been told. And so while he's sitting there, we know that when you come to a point of giving your last words, you you try to give the most important words, right? Anytime you you kind of remember those times, maybe you've had that last conversation with somebody that uh, was passing away or somebody who was moving or whatever goes on that last conversation. You kind of what are the last words that are going to be shared? And so. These are Jesus, some of Jesus' last words. They're very important. So if you would, let's look at what Jesus says to his disciples as he brings some of these last words. Starting in John chapter 14, verse 1, it says, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself that where I am, you may be also. But we read these words this morning, many of us with blurry eyes because of tears, because we there's there's something happening that's kind of troubling us in a way. There's a change that's happening. It's occurring. And so we're, we're kind of raw with our emotions. And Jesus' disciples were feeling the same way because he's beginning to tell them I'm going away. I'm going to suffer at the hands of men. They're going to kill me. I'm going to resurrect, but I'm going away. And there's, there's emotion that's raw. And so he says, don't, But don't let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. And he sets right there. You know, that was a very critical thing for a Jewish person to hear. Yeah, you believe in God, but he also said, believe in me. He was again associating himself as being the son of God and that he could help them. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Jesus, you've got to come with me. you got to focus on me. And so he says the next part. In my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? Now, many have learned growing up that that verse says. Are there not mansions? Right? Some of you have that right in your text. What happened was in the in the Latin, the word there that's used for that. Sounds like mansions and it was translated over to mansions, but it really means a dwelling place. And as he calls it his house earlier in the book of John, he talks about his house as being the temple, that that's God's house. And in the temple, there was places where the priests would be able to stay and be ready. And so it's attributing that fact that God has a house and he's creating these rooms, these areas for us to come. And what he's saying there is this, I'm going to make enough room for you. This isn't about luxury and having some mansion. This is about God creating a space in his house For us becoming a part of his household, he's creating rooms for us to be there, and there's adequate space for you and me. In fact, it's also alluding to the fact that back in that day, when you were engaged and a groom was was, was going to be marrying a bride, the bride didn't know when he was coming. And in Jewish culture, one day the groom would come and he would come and he would scoop up his bride and he would take her back to what was basically an apartment that was prepared in the father's house. And Jesus saying to them, in my father's house are rooms that are prepared for you. I'm going to bring you back to me. I'm, we are married. We are, we are together. If it were not so, would I not have told you that I go to prepare a place Now, we need to talk about the preparing of a place, because what comes to mind, the imagination in our mind is that Jesus taking his carpentry skills that he learned on earth has gone somewhere else. And he's been hammering and building and sawing for 2000 years. That's not what it's talking about. In fact, the scripture says clearly that at the end that the heavens and the earth will be destroyed, Whatever's being built now is going to be destroyed if it's a part of that. That it will all melt and He will create a new heavens and a new earth. So if He's not using a hammer and nails to build something, what is He talking about to prepare a place? Jesus is saying this just before He goes to the cross. What He was saying was, I am going and I am preparing a place for you. I am making a way through Me for you to come into My Father's house for you to come into relationship with me, for you who once was a sinner who was headed towards complete death and destruction that I have bought you by your sin and I bring you into relationship with me and I'm preparing a place for you through the cross and what I'm about to do and laying down my life and resurrecting from the dead and then daily living in your life. I'm preparing a place for you. That's what it's talking about. That's what it's talking about. Jesus says, therefore, don't let your hearts be troubled. This life is going to come at you with circumstances and timing and schedules and things that come your way that are, yeah, it's good. Our flesh is going to be like, this is hard. It's not what I asked for. But Jesus says, I'm doing this because there's something greater coming. I have come. And I'm going to go prepare a place for you. And then he said this to them. He said, I'm going to come back and I'm going to bring you to myself. As I go away, I'm not just going to forget about you. I'm not going to get busy doing this work and then go like, oh man, I didn't even, I forgot all about you. He said, no, I'm, I'm doing all this because I'm going to come and I'm going to come back for you. and I'm going to bring you to myself. And So the scripture says that the first time Jesus came, he came to deal with sin. The second time that he comes in the book of Hebrews, it says that he comes to bring salvation for those who eagerly, wait for him for the bride that's saying i cannot wait for my groom to come i can't wait because he's preparing he's working on my behalf to to make me prepared to meet him jesus came once and we as the church believe he is coming again there is a day coming when jesus christ will come through the skies in the clouds Because on the day that he left the earth and he had told his people, therefore, go and be my witnesses. I'm giving you my Holy Spirit and send this message. Take this message around the world, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. And then he goes to heaven. And the two angels stand there in white and they say, why are you still standing here? In the same way that he left, same way he's going to come. Jesus is coming back and he's working right now he's preparing a place and what that means is he is working to bring people into relationship with him that he might have a relationship with them for forever how's that happen through people coming to repentance saying i don't deserve to be forever with jesus but by what he did on the cross he died for me he took my place his blood was shed so that I wouldn't have to die. And then he gave me his life and he's promised that the same resurrection he's had, he's going to come through those clouds and he's going to resurrect me and bring me to him. And that's what he said to his disciples that night. I am not going to forget you. I will bring you to myself. And so as we're looking forward to Jesus coming and I want to paint the picture that, that he paints, if we could quick go to Revelation chapter 19 and look at what it looks like as he's preparing this. Revelation gives us great scenes of heaven and great scenes of what is going to take place. And so we have this little glimpse of what happens on that day. Chapter 19 of Revelation, verse 6 says, this is John being showed the vision. Then I heard what seemed to be the voice of a great multitude, like the roar of many waters, like the sound of mighty peals of thunder crying out, And the angel said to me, write this, blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, these are the true words of God. John has showed this vision. It fast forwards to the end when he gets to see and there's this multitude of people so great is their chorus as they sing and they're saying, hallelujah, praise the Lord. And it tells us that It's the bride of Christ. It's the people of God who have been saved and that they've been given the opportunity to dress in fine linen. They're they're dressed and it's not their own. It was given to them. It's that preparation that Jesus did that, that they'd be dressed in white, pure. Because the opposite of this, if it's not Jesus who saved us and given us that pure dress, the opposite, he says, is a harlot. It might fake it, but it ultimately is dressed in sin. And so Jesus paints this picture of this beautiful wedding. It was all for this moment when he would come and have the opportunity to be joined together with his bride. And you know who really can't wait for that day? Jesus. You can just... Feel the intensity of Jesus, and it goes and it goes. The urgency in His voice constantly throughout the Scriptures, and even now, as He said, "To watch," and things are starting to happen. The dominoes are falling, and the labor pains are getting stronger and stronger. As He promised, Jesus is coming soon, and He can't wait. And what a pity if His bride would say, "Well, I got some time. I got some other things I want to do." I, I'll just put that off for now. What if the people of Jesus said, we're not ready for him to come back? We kind of like the cozy place we got here. Jesus gives a warning in Luke 17. He's telling the disciples of that day that's going to come when he is going to come for them. And you know what he says? It's going to be like the days of Noah. No one was expecting the flood to come. It's going to be like the days of Sodom and Gomorrah when nobody expected there to be burning sulfur falling from the sky. People were eating and drinking, marrying, giving, given in marriage. They were just going along with life. And then boom! It happened. And out of there he had extracted Noah who listened. And out of there he extracted Lot who had listened. But he says this. Don't be like Lot's wife. Who started like, okay, we'll go out of town. But as she goes along, they had been warned. Do not look back. And she starts going, but then she looked back and she turned into a pillar of salt. She wasn't ready to go. She was too in love with where she had been. I don't know if she had things on her schedule that day. I don't know if there was family that was back there. I don't know if it was just she loved growing up in the country or what it was. She didn't want to go to be where God was calling her. You see, that's the same with all of us. God is constantly doing something in our lives to keep calling us towards him. He calls us towards him. A lot of those things aren't even things that we want to do. We don't understand the next season of our life. Did you want to deal with this illness that you got now? You probably didn't ask for that. Sometimes it's a new season that brings complete joy, but utter chaos like a new baby in the family. Right, Dale? Amen. And and suddenly you're there and the Lord keeps calling you into these seasons. I'm going to share the story of how the Lord was calling us. I haven't shared this with everybody. You know, I gave uh, the announcement of my resignation in January. Clear back in October. The Lord talked to me in the night. Katie and I, we had already felt that the Lord was going to take us back to the West Coast somewhere. Our parents are getting older. We feel just the, the obligation to be accessible to them should we need to. With, with So we, we've been praying about that and hadn't felt really settled about Seattle or any place there. There was nothing even in our heart other than family that would pull us that way. And so we just were living it before the Lord and in the middle of the night, Boom. I'm a heavy sleeper, but in the middle of the night, boom, the Lord came with a question. It was absolutely clear and woke me up in the middle of the night. And the question was this. Are you ready to go yet? And it was clear as day. It was so there that when I woke up, I looked over at Katie to see if she woke up, because certainly the Lord said it audibly. Are you ready to go yet? I said, yes, Lord, well, I'm ready to go. It was just such a clear and present moment with the Lord. I said, Yes, Lord, I'm ready to go. He said, Do you trust me? I said, Lord, I trust you, but I'm scared. And he just came on and said, You can trust me. You can trust me. And so I asked him in that moment, I said, Well, where do you want me to go? And just boom, just like that, from out of nowhere, Boise, Idaho. Boise, I hadn't thought of Boise in years. I was born near Boise. We left when I was seven. There's been nothing that's tugged my heart there. There's not. I mean, why Boise? It wasn't for me. And the Lord said Boise. So we began to pray about it. I told Katie and she, Boise. Why Boise? What's going on with Boise? And so we told the Lord, we informed him, OK, this is coming up. You're your time and whatever. But here's here's the deal, Lord. You show us the job. You show us the house. And then we'll resign from unity to just be a, you know, a real easy transition. That's how we'll do it. And the Lord said, no. Lord said, I don't want you to trust in the paycheck. I don't want you to trust in the house. I want you to trust in my word. Trust in what I've told you. Trust in my command that this what I have for you next. You just got to trust me. You got to trust me for unity. You've got to trust me with all the circumstances. You just trust me. And it took the Lord a couple months for us to really come to that place of trust and then to stand there that morning and to tell unity, it's time for me to resign. The Lord has said. And that whole way on the trip to unity that morning when I gave my resignation, I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, I need a word to to have it confirmed again that this and immediately the words out of Joshua 1, 9 came. Have I not commanded you? Therefore, be strong and courageous. Have I not committed? Don't you trust my word? I've got this. You trust what I've told you to do. Now, that's my story. That's that's our family. And we're all going through this little transition together. Now you're interviewing a candidate and you're praying over that thing and you're going to have a new season. Now, personally, you've got things going on in your life where the Lord has been calling you. He's changing the season. Circumstances are going relationships, changing A new baby in the family. You're constantly having these things going on, too. And a lot of people have said, there is no way I'm going to Boise. But for a lot of you, you've got the same thing going on in your life. It may not be Boise, but the Lord is saying, now I want you to come to this place. And it may not be a place you're asking. Maybe you're not even comfortable with it. But you know why the Lord keeps calling us to all these different places? Certainly because he has something for us to do, something for us to share. But also because of this. There's a day when he's coming back and he's going to ask us to come to the wedding feast. You know what we're doing right now with all these times he's telling us to come and to go and to do what he says? It's dress rehearsal. If we're not willing to do it now with these things, how are we not going to be like Lot's wife when the Lord says, hey, I'm here and I'm bringing you into my father's house. I prepared this place for you. And we're like, well, I'm kind of looking back here at Johnston County. I don't want to leave Johnston County, which is what I hear all the time, right? And I don't want to leave my things. You know what? I don't want to leave my coffee pot in Johnston County. I'm taking it with me as long as the Lord allows me. We've all got our things like I'm not leaving that thing. But the Lord allows us and helps us by continuing to practice these dress rehearsals. But it's gonna happen. It is real. It is going to happen. And in Revelation 22, it says that the Spirit and the bride say, Come, come, Lord Jesus. We want you to come and make this a reality. We cannot wait for the day that we see you face to face. It's going to happen. It's not some myth. You know, there's the real story I heard of the mom who had taken the boy to see the Easter bunny. So excited to see the Easter bunny. So they're waiting in the line and finally it's it's his turn and the mom says okay it's time to time to go up there and see the easter Bunny." and he goes nope he said there's a man in his mouth (laughs) it's not quite what i thought it was okay this whole thing was just kind of a show let me tell you jesus isn't the easter bunny He resurrected from the dead and he's coming back one day and he's going to resurrect people from the ground who have called upon his name and he's going to bring his bride to himself and he's saying, we're having a wedding feast. You coming? Are you willing to leave behind? Are you willing to come with me? Are you going to be married with me forever? Because there's going to be nothing like being with Jesus forever. Practice now. Practice those things now. If he's telling you to go, if he's telling you to come, if he's telling you to give up this, if he's telling you to do that, do it. You're practicing. loves you you're his bride but the sad part is this yeah this is a sad day because today i'm done at unity and to be honest there are people here today that i probably will not ever see again and i don't mean that by saying i will never See you in this lifetime again. I think I will never see you again eternal. That's the hard part. That if there be some who would say. I don't want Jesus. That this would be our last time face to face is really hard. But he's calling you to him calling you to him and there's no other way to get that invitation to the wedding there's no other way to be there for all of eternity at that place and to realize it's all about jesus except to come to him now and it's not about being able to see jason for all of eternity it's about standing side by side in that great multitude as the bride of christ looking at him and saying worthy is he is look at what he's done It's all about Jesus. And the only way is how he finishes that conversation with his disciples. They were a little confused. And so in verse four, he says, you know, the way to where I'm going. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. Friends, if you want to live in the Father's house, if you want to be a part of that great multitude, if you want to exist forever and ever and ever as God's family, it's only in and through Jesus Christ. Everything He did on the cross, everything that He has given to you, it's only through Him. And the one way to get there is just like when a man proposes to a woman and says, will you marry me? The woman has... One of two things she could say. She can say no. Or she can say yes. And Jesus stands before you and he says this. Will you marry me? Will you be with me? I'm the only way. If you want to live forever, you got to come with me. But will you marry me? And you have one. Question to answer. It's yes or no. It's yes or no. The scripture says, if you say no. You may get some more time on this earth. You can get all the barbecue that you want. You can have all the good times that you want. You can come to church all you want. But when that day comes, when you either die or Jesus comes back, that you will stand before him and he will look at you and say, depart from me. I never knew you. And you will go into outer darkness. Where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth and you'll be done. And if you say yes. He will never let you down. Amen. He will never let you down. He will love you and give you peace. And it starts by him when you say yes. It starts by him saying, I forgive you. I forgive you and I forgive you and I forgive you. And you didn't earn it. but I'm giving you my grace. Oh, and I'm going to prepare a place for you. I'm going to continue to work on you. And we're going to practice this thing. And then that day when I come through the clouds, I'm going to bring you along with everybody else who calls upon my name and you will be my bride and we're going to eat a wedding feast. And it's going to be really good. You have one question to answer, yes or no. Because it's all about Jesus. And the moment you say yes, the next breath and the next step and the next minute and the next move and the next life circumstance is always Jesus. It's always Jesus. That's why I love teaching the kids at Bible diggers. Because when you ask them what the answer is, it's Jesus. They just know. And Jesus says to have faith like that child at that question. It is Jesus. Today, as we close and as the Lord draws us to himself, because he is the way, the truth and the life. I think there's a song that best captures everything that I'm trying to preach here today and. And uh, this one gets me, but it just really paints the picture of this is what it's all about. So today, if, if, if you're sitting before that yes or no question, maybe you don't know if you've ever said yes or no, but man, today, answer that question. And I want you to see the picture of what it's going to look like to say yes. It is, is all about Jesus. And if during the song you desire to, to pray, if you want to pray with me, if you want to pray in the front, pray where you're at, you're welcome. Just pray to Jesus. Say, Jesus, today I say yes. Today I ask for forgiveness. And today starts me waiting for you to come back for me. Thank you, Jesus. Let's play this song. And if the Lord calls you to himself, then say yes.